You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Sephora stores are everywhere you are. So just pop in when you need a brown lip to match your 90s playlist. A confidence boost before your interview. Or a last-minute gift for mom's birthday. There's always a Sephora near you. Just pop in. Use our store locator to find your local Sephora or Sephora at Kohl's. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. We're going to get into trouble with this one because the two of us have the same dry sense of humor. And I say monstrous things and you're going to just I encourage just off that. Of <laughs> I like it. I like it so much. I feel like who art Ed? Who art Ed? Mr. Wood art Ed me. Either way, it's ambiguous. It works on so many levels. I know. I thought too great. Welcome. Today I am here with Mrs. Rudolph. Woohoo! Thank, thank you for coming in. So glad to be here. So today I am really happy to have you in here talking about OK Go because I know you are the type of person who appreciates fun and music and dancing and all of that sort of stuff. And what we're going to be doing today is a little bit different. Mostly we've been talking about paintings and stuff like that on, on this uh, podcast, but there is more to the art world than painting. And I wanted to bring in something contemporary and a little bit of a performance art piece. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be looking at the music video that OK Go produced for the one moment. Now for our in situ segment. It just gives us some context. It's about the artist and where this came where this all came from. So the band actually is a Chicago band. Uh, They formed in Chicago in 1998, and they played at at places like Metro, Double Door, all of my favorite places. That was a good year. That was the year I graduated high school. Was it? Yeah. That's the year I started high school. Oh. Now we're we're dating ourselves. It's okay. It was a good year. It was a good year. Um, I actually, I, I love OK Go because I did not know them at that time. I knew of them. Sure. Like I was very big into the local scene. And, sure. you know, I I remember going to see bands at that. I remember seeing flyers for OK Go and like I knew people who knew them. Sure. You know, and stuff like that. Um, and I was I was always excited to see bands like OK Go and Lucky Boys Confusion as they started to get that little bit of the national platform and sure. stuff like that. Is it funny how so, it comes full circle? It's and just, now you're teaching it's it. It's one of those things that is just like I'm part of me teaches it because I just love that stuff and yeah. I I love to bring that in. Um even though I, I never even talked to students about like, oh yeah, I was, you know, in in the punk scene and gluing totally. my hair up and spray painting totally. and stuff all that terrible stuff we did back then. And I love looking at it in terms of art, you know, yeah. in terms of, you know, thinking about it differently than like you said paintings or sculptures you know like it's a completely another form of art it is and a lot of people don't think about I mean a lot of people didn't think of things in that way but it is coming around now we've seen video games in the MCA I've gone to see exhibitions of posters from 
punk bands, you know, like uh, yeah. like Black Flag poster designs and stuff like that. Yeah. And and it's it's great to see that barrier between the quote unquote high art and yes. commercial or lower art forms being broken down and realizing it's all the product of creativity. Yeah, that's what it defines it as art, and that is worth respect. I don't know, know if we're getting too far into it yet, no. but um, that it's it's anybody can be doing this. You know, like if you have a vision, anybody can create it. Like like you said, it's not like the you know perfect dimensions yeah. of people or yeah. you know any of those things. It's like I have an idea. Let's create. You yeah, know? I mean the idea is the art. Yeah. So it says Solouette made like. 2000 wall drawings never drew on the walls just gave <laughs> instructions on how others should do it but he's exactly. the artist now back to <laughs> back to okay go uh they were sort of a chicago band playing around here and they actually formed two of the founding members met when they were like 11 years old at an arts camp in traverse city michigan so fun fact look around your classroom and you might be looking at your future bandmates yes especially if they have an open mind and are willing to explore different things. Uh, one was there for graphic design and one was there studying music, but they stayed in touch. They, you know, sent each other tapes and stuff like that and, and uh, eventually formed, yeah, eventually <laughs> formed a band. And they, they named the band OK Go because their art teacher would always say, OK, go, while oh. they're working. Yeah. Um, Do you so, say that? So I'm not the only one. All the time. Yeah? All the time. It's, you know, the, the standard deal is I'm standing up. I'm going to have about five minutes of boring stuff I got to get through. And then, okay, go. Yeah. I set the expectations for the day. And then you're okay, free go. to go about your, your work. You're learning. So I say go be great. Yeah. So I wonder if they're going to name a band after me one day. I look forward to that. <sighs> me too. Okay. I need go. to come up with something something different so I can be immortalized. Uh, now, they they signed to Capital in 2001. So keeping with my personal timeline, that was my like junior year when I was really getting into in the local music. Yeah. Sure. I uh, graduated O2. So their first single, Get Over It, was reasonably successful. And it was kind of really typical of that time period like it had I mean it, it had a little bit more experimental stuff than say like your Blink 182s sure. at, at that point but mm -hmm. it was very much in the sort of power pop pop punkish yep. kind of vein yep and it was reasonably successful uh they started touring internationally and things like that but they really came on into their own um in 2005, one of the band members left, and when they were interviewing replacement guitarists, they asked, how would you feel about doing choreographed dancing on stage? And after like interviewing like 35 people, they, were like, no, they found the right guy. And so their sort of first viral hit was a music video that they produced doing a choreographed dance routine in their backyard. And it, it was, like, perfect for the age of YouTube. This low, like, shoestring budget. Yes. Just that quirky charm of a couple of guys doing this choreographed dance routine yep. in the backyard. 
like clearly in their own clothes, no no wardrobe, no special right. lighting, you right. know, standard home cam, like all that sort of stuff. Um, lead singer uh, Damien Kulish, his sister choreographed it for them, yep. you know, put together the routine, and that was that was sort of their first viral video that went out there. This is one of those situations where it's like they were more than just a band. Clearly, they understood they were working in a new medium of not just music, but video Mm -hmm. and the internet itself. And for those of us who remember the earlier days of YouTube and social media and internet sites, they created their their own website a million ways, and they gave away free downloads on iTunes of the MP3 if you shared it with others. So that helps to spread it. Yeah. And um, so that was, that music video was, um, was the one that they put out uh, with the backyard dancing video. But then their follow-up to that was the famous video on treadmills. Uh-huh. Uh, with Here It Goes Again. Uh-huh. And again, that was one of those things where it's like they rented treadmills. It looks like they're in a garage with like a tarp hanging behind yep. them, which is that quirky sort of DIY charm yep. that is so much in the vein of the punk history, which was punk was having a resurgence in the early 2000s. And the DIY strand of the internet, especially in the early days, although still there is a very strong component of DIY or do-it-yourself today, people right. have that love of that authentic, made-by-the-artist kind of feel yep. and that connection that, like, this looks like something anyone could do. These look like ordinary people who just excel at something. Yep. And so they produced this quirky, fun, dancing-on-treadmills video, um, and that really hit. Yep. Um, that that was racking up millions of views. Still does. Delightful video. Highly recommend it. Check it out. Uh, yes. Worth checking out. Don't necessarily try it on your own treadmill. Yeah, please don't. I couldn't. Or a friend's treadmill. Anyone's treadmill. Right. It's not the ownership rights we're worried about. Correct. That's, that is a valid concern. We are worried about it, your safety. It's more the safety. We want you in yeah. school tomorrow. Yeah. So on that DIY sort of strand... They eventually decided to create their own label, and they they really embraced their role as sort of cross-categorical artists. And they realized there was this genuine thirst for the creative, quirky, unique videos that they could produce. I really like this this uh, quote where where he said, "We could go in two directions. We could either try to outcool it." try to outrun it like Radiohead did with Creep Mm -hmm. or we could just embrace it and go okay what really worked here Mm -hmm. so they started to break down what are the elements of their videos that people responded to that resonated that are working for them yeah and they embraced that and they have since created a number of of really smart and interesting and innovative music videos and I really like that they also share how they did it yeah they have this sandbox that and and um the the one moment was directed by uh kulash and he was i'm i'm probably mispronouncing his name but i'm sorry if you ever listen to this but he would he would understand yeah 
he I, he just I, wants his his work out there. Yeah. So he but, thanks you for pushing it. But out. he did. Um, he he directed the video and and he made this video that where he ex- explains the math behind it because he has to take into account the beats per minute of the song and the frame rate the capture the the camera is capturing it mm-hmm. and just like the spreadsheet that he puts together to get every single one of those actions Perfectly. in time with the music mm-hmm. it is masterful absolutely and and that is really impressive not just in the creativity but also like there's engineering there's math it is yeah. it is a steam project um that I absolutely love. And I thought about that as as I watched it for the first time. I was like, the amount of work that went into making this exactly, like you said, on beat, perfectly, you know. Yeah. How many and, times did they do it? It made me think of. Well, and, and that's one of those things that I feel like that's the difference between someone who is just smashing things and blowing things up and somebody who is creating art through their destruction Mm -hmm. who is seeing the beauty in you know the chaos yeah in in the chaos and in the tumult like whatever you want to say but they're they're elevating it Mm -hmm. they're not just smashing things for the sake of reveling in destroying things Mm -hmm. or just the fun of Mm slow-mo like they're doing things purposefully Mm -hmm. every single moment of it is purposeful and mm-hmm. planned and coordinated mm-hmm. and very well thought out. And we'll get into that in the next segment, mm-hmm. which is our in-gallery segment. I like what you said. I, you said it a little bit ago, but um, the fact that they were trying to do something different. They weren't trying to be the next big band. You know, they weren't trying yeah. to follow on the coattails of like, oh, they did that, so let's do that. They were like, let's do our own thing. Let's find out works for us and put our greatness out in the world for people to enjoy in a different way than before. 100%. Like, um, you know, I referenced they they were at that time when probably the biggest band out there was Blink-182, right. one of my personal faves. Sure. Um, and there were a million copies of Correct. that. I want to be the Along, next Blink-182. Like, yeah. Yeah, I played in half a dozen of them. Totally. The terrible, terrible wannabes. But you had fun. I had a lot of fun with it. I had too much fun with it. But the the thing about it is they realized you don't become the next big thing by trying to be the last big thing. Correct. You know, you got to chart your own path. You got to be creative. And they they did that masterfully. And I love, love, love that. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? 
Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Now for our in-gallery segment, we're going to have a discussion looking more carefully at One Piece. I watched it a couple times. I love that they give us, like, the full scene, and then they let us, like... Because when you open with that um, that initial take, that shot in 4.2 two seconds, seconds, you know, you see it in real time, and then you realize everything you missed. Yep. You know, if it started off in slow motion, it would just be like, well, there's slow motion. But here, it's like, I kind of know where this is going, but then I'm surprised by everything that happened. Absolutely. And how much you missed. By how, yeah, how much I missed. And, you know, like, I think I know what's going to happen, but I'm still surprised. I Even though I just saw this, to see the detail of, like, that's a flip book of Absolutely. him playing and singing in time. Absolutely. And you didn't even realize that the first time because it's just all so yeah. much color so fast. And it, like, I didn't even connect it. So then I think I watched it four or five times to be like, wait, what? You know? Yeah. And I, I love that he opens with the, the line. There's nothing so lovely, nothing so perfect, nothing so profound as the certainty that all of this will end. And so there's this unity between the lyrical content and the visuals it's not like it's not like they just said i want to break a bunch of stuff today right um now this scene i love um so part of it it's it's sponsored by morton salt so he's picking up the umbrella which is the obvious reference to you know commercialism Mm -hmm. but when we break it down I always like to, to look at if we're if we're talking about this as a performance piece, a lot of people look at performance art and say, this is just a bunch of weird stuff. I don't know what I'm looking at. I can't make sense of this. This is how we make sense of it. We look at what literally happened. He picks up the umbrella. He sees paint is flying in the air. There's all this chaos around him. And he puts down the umbrella and walks through it. So how do we how do we make sense of that? we think about like what does the umbrella do what is that a symbol of protects you you from the elements yeah it protects you from the elements it is a barrier between you and what is coming down around you Mm -hmm. and above you Mm -hmm. and what he's doing is he is revealing to us he has that umbrella he has that ability to protect himself from the chaos the paint the Mm -hmm. human beings that are Mm -hmm. flying over him Mm And he makes the choice to put down the umbrella and literally let that chaos wash over him, Mm -hmm. to take it upon him, to to become one with that scene, to be in the moment. It's Mm -hmm. very existentialist. Sure. You know? Um, But it's sort of, it, it has that feel of mindfulness and like, you know, not putting that barrier between yourself, not protecting yourself because you're going to get hit anyways. Yeah. We all know you're going to get hit anyways. Right. Um, so just embrace it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is the overall tone and the theme of this whole piece is that things get messy. Things get chaotic. Mm-hmm. Things will break down. Mm-hmm. But there's something beautiful in that. Yep. And don't shield yourself from it. Embrace it. Mm-hmm. Find the beauty in it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. Lean into it. I agree. Yeah. I agree. 
and like taking that into your life and like that's what I kind of thought about this like um in the craziness and everything's breaking and everything like that like finding what is beautiful in it finding what is meaningful what's purposeful and why you know and there's and there's a ton of that beauty in this this whole piece like everything is smashing but it is just aesthetically pleasing yep because it's because it's happening on the beat because it's in time because they framed the shots just right because they got the colors just right for the composition because it's a stark white background it's a black and white background essentially with bright bursts of colors coming Mm -hmm. through like none of that happens by accident right you know and I think of our lives and our lives are very busy we are always go 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 we and think about what we saw in the first four seconds and how it's fast and we couldn't really see all the beauty in it until it was slowed way down yeah and like what does that mean like that's what I think about for my own life like what does that mean like when we're going 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 trying to get all the things done hurry up go here right you know like it's we're not able to really stop and enjoy it when you really slow all the way down you're able to appreciate so many things on like a way deeper level and really enjoy the beauty there yeah that's why sloths are always smiling always because they're going at like you know 10 percent speed of everyone else now um i always like to wrap this segment by asking where does this piece belong like if you could take this out of the internet Okay. You know, into the yeah. wild. Like I usually say, like if you could take it out of the gallery, where does this piece belong? I think um, exposing children to it, I think, is a great way for them to see like possibility, right? Yeah. So like you're able to, um, like we talked about before, they weren't trying to be the next Blink One Eighty Two. They did something different, and they did yeah. it their own way, and they were, super, you know, they were able to be successful doing their own thing. So I think exposing. You know, like yeah. Like so it should doing. be in like the the innovation lab, the steam steam right. lab, or whatever you've got in the in the schools. I also think like what I was kind of saying before, how like I think it's a good place for like moms, you know, or like mm-hmm. like new moms, moms, parent, working families, and things to like slow down, you know, like look at how much you can see. So I think it's like a good kind of deeper meaning yeah. for people to like stop and slow down and enjoy life and so it should be in like a therapist's office right the waiting room pediatrician's office yeah you know like i mean just to you know slow down enjoy see and i was thinking like i was thinking like this could be like the next evolution of you know those like pump it up type places where they you know kids parties where they got the bouncy house and stuff it's like lean into that chaos yeah give them this as a primer and just be like let's have like just a room of paint bursts and explosions totally. and those sensory experiences. Yeah. And, you know, like a color run or something like yes. that. The yes. way that like, so it's like, this should be on the jumbotron as we're, you're getting into the color run. Sure. Or the glow run, you know? Right. Um, I also feel like this should be in this, this should be like in, uh, like one of those sensory rooms we have one of those like oh, chill, yeah. chill zones. I know it's a little bit, up tempo and stimulating but at the same time it's like there's just such that satisfying feel of seeing all of these bursts you're right because it does it is very like the fast one is like very very fast but then when it's slowed down there is like a calming yeah and now for our in studio segment in studio think about what strategies are working take it good artists copy great artists 
go ahead, steal this art. Make it your own. These are the takeaways. This is what you can apply to your own work. Do you want to go first or shall I? Takeaways from this? Yeah. Uh, my biggest takeaway was like how when you slow it down, you can enjoy so much more. Yeah. Um, I took that on a real personal level, you know. Building off that slowing down. Slow down not just to appreciate things, but slow down to slow down your process to think through the different possibilities. I talked about how, you know, when he explains this video, he talks about every single minute detail was planned to the millisecond. Yeah. And it had to be. And you had thought about like how many takes did they do of this? I don't think they did a lot of takes of the full video. But I can pretty much guarantee they did many, many trial runs of just like isolated explosions and seeing like, well, what does it look like if we blow up colored salt? What does it look like if we blow up, you know, paint? paint? What does it look like if we smash a vase? Or if we fly through paint. Yeah. And they thought about all of those different variables and they thought about like, What's what's the scale we want for that explosion? What do we want? When do we want it to come in this sequence? They really took their time planning all of this out so that when they had that large scale performance, they probably only did it like once, twice, three yeah. times. Like you're you're not there's there's only so many guitars you can blow up right in the rafters before right. people say like eh, maybe. Think we're done right right um but you know that planning figuring it out all out so that when you're ready to execute it you can execute it at your highest level mm-hmm. that's something that we all kind of need to do sure because i know i get excited about ideas i want to dive right into them we all do not everybody but, that's that's puts a personality thing okay so you i get it you're better than me well we don't all just dive into stuff no, I'm I a dive it, in. I'm gonna dive in. I'm a dive oh. in. We'll ask questions <laughs> later. We'll figure it out. My husband is very much like I need to have all of the information before I'll even touch my toe in the water. So it's yeah. very interesting the different types. Anyway, but those people who do plan things tend to be pretty successful, mm-hmm. as long as they don't plan so much that it becomes a barrier to them starting. You know, you can't be afraid to embrace and and accept a little bit of change in your plans, but do take the time to have a plan. Good mix. You will be more successful. Good mix. Anything else you'd like to share? They found a different way to do it. You know, like back at the time, this hadn't been done. You know, so they were like, they had a concept, they went with it, and they did they were living their best lives. So And they and part of that is they were flexible enough to change that vision as they went. They didn't start off as this band. Right. But they 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 felt that shift. They realized things were turning when they had that that little bit of viral success and and I think they had thoughts of going that route before mm-hmm. they put out that choreographed video. Mm-hmm. But they realized something was different than, I think, their initial vision, mm-hmm. and they embraced that change, Absolutely. and they embraced that role. I guess the one more thing that I want to talk about in terms of a specific art-making technique, um, I always come back to painting because that's what I went to school for. That's what I love. That's what I 
like to think that on a good day I'm somewhat decent at. Um, you know, there have been a lot of painters in history who have embraced a little bit of chaos in their process. Mm-hmm. Uh, the most obvious that a lot of people come to is obviously Jackson Pollock with his action painting and his drip paintings. And he was trying to convey that sense of movement and energy and allowing chaos is the only way to have that much movement and energy. Because if it's not truly a quick mark, it shows, you know, if you're hesitant in it, like it, the confidence or the timidness will show. Sure. And so you have to accept that there will be some sloppiness if you're going to go that route. But there are numerous other artists who have done really interesting things, embracing a little bit of chaos and chance. I think of Helen Frankenthaler, who was also an abstract expressionist, same movement as Jackson Pollock, but she pioneered the soak and stain method. She thinned thinned out paints and sort of let it flow, creating organic shapes that were much, much more calming and soothing, but still equally expressive. And I think today we see a lot of people, if you look on YouTube, doing the acrylic pouring videos, which is also a little bit sort of unpredictable, but you're, you're seeing something flowing in this, this organic way and, and accepting a little bit of chance, but you're planning out which colors are you going to put in what order so that, and, and how are you going to sort of tilt the the canvas to get it to flow one way or another, sure. things like that. So there are still elements of planning. It's not 100% random, but think about those different ways you can bring a little bit of chance into your work and think about ways you can build off of what other people are doing. Maybe you start off with a pouring on your canvas, but then you put on top of that something that is neatly defined, hard edge, clean lines, you know, meticulously rendered to create mm-hmm. that contrast between, you know, a nice, bright, clear focal point and a more sort of chaotic, um, chaotic background in the negative space or splatter paint and then screen print over the top of it, mm-hmm. you know, mix media, try putting, putting together different things, even things that, you wouldn't automatically associate with each other. Yep. Those are sometimes the best combos. Yeah. Because it creates contrast. One of the principles of design, contrast. Yep. A difference between things. Put together different things. I like it. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time. This was a lot of fun. I always fun. have fun when I when I sit down and talk with you. So yeah. Thank, you so, thank much. you so much for inviting me to do this and thinking of this piece because I probably would not have been exposed to this art and being able to like talk about what it means and getting a little bit of background. This was like super fun. So thanks for putting this out into the world. Oh, thank you. And thanks for having me.